What is A Town? Atlanta, I think. I thought that was ATL. I mean, I'm sure that is too. I, you know, I'm not, I don't know what any of that <laughs> is. <laughs> the only reason I know ATL is a reference to Atlanta is because of Bo Burnham. Oh, all right. Because he says he's reached an ATL and then he says that not Atlanta, it's an all time low. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't stop listening to that soundtrack from that show. I just listened to that one song. That's like my favorite. Which one? Uh, why are you asking me song titles? I don't know. It's the <laughs> one Lindsay likes. I know that. She likes them all. The Are you talking about the put your hands up? Yes. Put yeah. your fucking hands up. <laughs> Mine is shit. I can say the whole shit lyrics just whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> it's the one that spoke to me the most. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that that was like March or April. I don't know. It was a long time ago because Lindsay was on quarantine. Or was that last year? No, that was I have no idea when that came out, but it is still extremely relevant to me right now. <laughs> it's so sad. I wasn't expecting it to like hit in the feels so much. It was. It was pretty sad. And then afterwards, after Lindsay and I watched that, Matt and I went back and watched his old specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had watched one of them with you at some point, but um it made them a lot darker and sadder to think like what all was going on back then with him. Oh yeah. He was freaking the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. It was so sad. Well, kudos to Bo Burnham. We love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's pretty dope. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Heidi ho. (laughs) (laughs) So today I am seriously excited to talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. There's so much information on it. I we could have probably done a bajillion parts on it but I'm very 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 excited for you to hear about it it's crazy there's layers do you want to take a guess I have absolutely no idea but if anybody knows what the Fresno night crawlers are that is what I keep picturing in my head I actually (laughs) don't know what those are (laughs) so There's a podcast I was listening to. I can't remember the name right now. I feel very bad, but uh, they covered it and it just the picture I kept getting in my head was like a ball 
on top of really long white legs. A spider? No, it's a person or like person size, but like with really long white legs and sometimes robes, I guess. I don't know. I was very confused by it, but I keep picturing that even though I know that skinwalker and nightcrawlers are different things. See, I picture a worm. Yeah, when you say nightcrawler, I picture I think it was night stalker. I don't know. I'm just (laughs) very bad at referencing things, but (laughs) that's just what keeps popping in my head, and I know it has nothing to do with it, so... All right. Well, change my mind. Let I will. <laughs> let me inform you. So, for those of you who have not heard of Skinwalker Ranch, like Amy, um, at the uh, so I just put this in because I thought it was funny. At the top of the Wikipedia article, it said, "quote Not to be confused with Skywalker Ranch." <laughs> nice. Isn't that George Lucas's? uh ranch i think so i didn't i didn't click on it because there was like a link to it i didn't click on it but i feel like that is part of the star wars stuff i don't well i mean skywalker is i don't know enough about george lucas himself so i'm gonna look real quick because that interests me because i'm obsessed with star wars is a movie ranch and workplace of uh george lucas Ha So I was close. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was just funny that someone could possibly confuse this ranch with Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> so <clears throat> the Sky, or now I want to say Skywalker, the skin, <laughs> the, the Skywalkers. Skinwalker. Now um, that is an episode I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll ever cover that. It doesn't quite fit the, uh, I mean, unless there's something spooky going on over there, maybe. Hey, um, uh, Luke, you know, even after he's dead, he's still there. So that would technically be like a haunting. I mean, yeah. That would be Yoda, paranormal. Right? Yeah. And Obi. And Qui-Gon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay. So um, the Skinwalker Ranch is a proper property located on approximately 512 acres and is southeast of Ballard, Utah, which is a very heavily Mormon and Native American community. And it's an incredible hotbed of paranormal and UFO activity. Ooh, yes. Okay. The name of the Skinwalker Ranch comes from Skinwalker of Navajo legend. Skinwalkers are a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. And this will come into play later on in the story pretty heavily. That's better Um, than what I thought skinwalkers were. Because I also picture naked people walking around. Oh, I, when I first heard this, I thought it was zombies. That's (laughs) kind of what I thought. Um. So one kind of these witches are called Yi Nadlushi, which translates into with it, he goes on all fours. <laughs> that yeah. sounds dirty. Very literal. <laughs> uh, and it is considered to be the most volatile and dangerous. These witches started as respected healers or spiritual guides 
who later chose to use their powers for evil. They can be male or female, but more often than not are male. They walk freely among the tribe during the day, but secretly transform at night. In order to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds, the killing of a close family member, uh, Mm -hmm. most of the times a sibling. Uh, After this is done, the individual then acquires supernatural powers, one of them being the ability to shapeshift. Most often, they are seen in the form of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears, but they are capable of taking on any form of animal that they want. Uh, Then they wear the skins of the animals they transform into, hence the name Skinwalker. Skinwalkers are able to take possession of the bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. And after taking control of the victim, uh, pretty much the victim is forced to say and do things that they wouldn't typically do or say. And this is just literally like the briefest and most condensed summary (laughs) of a skinwalker. The article that I read is really amazing and very in-depth and it'll be in our show notes. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about them. On a different note, I listened to this really good audiobook called Hunt for the Skinwalker by Dr. Com E. Kelleher and a journalist named George Knapp. And when I say like amazing or awesome, great, like audiobook, I very sincerely mean it. The, audio- <laughs> the audiobook was captivating. And it was told in a way where it's almost like storytelling instead of listening to a boring documentary. I wasn't able to finish it in time since I just found it today, but it was really, really good. And I am going to finish it. In the book, they talk about a man named Joseph Jr. Hicks, a retired science teacher and locally known unofficial UFO historian of the Uinta Basin area. He states that the first UFO sightings in the area uh, were in 1951. He said a group of school kids saw lights in the sky that could not be identified. He interviewed them, and because of the way he handles these interviews with witnesses of UFOs, he has become extremely trusted by the community, whereas some outsiders may try to get some answers but be turned away. Uh, He never divulges witness information without consent. He has cataloged over 400 different encounters. Uh, Several cases he has documented state that the person witnessing the UFO actually saw the occupants inside of the UFO. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't get maybe he does describe it later, but I didn't get to a point where they describe what they actually look like one of the people said that he saw them outside of the ufo the occupants of this ufo Mm -hmm. he saw them outside of it uh and he was seeming to collect plant matter from the area so that's pretty cool maybe science experiment maybe i just keep picturing you know in et at the end when his spaceship comes back down to get him and that's like all these trees and the lights are shining. Oh yeah, through super it. bright lights. Uh-huh. That's what I keep picturing when you say UFOs and then 
they said that they saw something outside of the UFO. Right. I, speaking of like television and movies, when it comes (laughs) to this, I did not realize how much real world information X-Files used (laughs) to create their episodes. Mm -hmm. Every single thing I start researching, like, I'm like, oh my God, this was on the Mm -hmm. X-Files. Especially when it, yeah, especially when it comes to like UFOs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. So anyways, um, he also said that there were so many sightings being reported to the local state troopers in the area that the state troopers had to stop taking reports because there's just too many of them. I wonder why it's that area. I don't know. And I did get to a part where they talked about this area is super rich in a certain type of rock or mineral. And I can't remember the name of it. It starts with a G. But there's no they don't know why that would draw them to it i think it's some kind of mineral used in paint maybe they use it for some sort of fuel or like a fuel additive or something i mean maybe they know what to do with it you know something different to do with it than what we know maybe um so he also said that he had his own uh experience with a ufo over the town of roosevelt in the 1970s and this is all just what's going on around the area where the skinwalker ranch is located hicks along with dr frank salisbury published a book on the subject in 1974 titled the utah ufo display a scientist's report the majority of the experiences on skinwalker ranch that i'm going to talk about come from a couple named terry and gwen sherman In 1994, Terry and Gwen bought Skinwalker Ranch and during their short two-year ownership of the property experienced many strange things that they struggled to explain, which included three different types of UFOs that they saw. Uh, They saw a small box-like craft with a white light, a 40-foot-long object, So they don't even say it's a craft. (laughs) They just say it's a 40-foot long object. Nice. And a huge ship the size of several football fields. They also saw airborne lights, some of which, and this is in quotes, emerged from orange circular doorways that seemed to appear midair. Okay. That sounds interesting. Later on, they talk about portals, that they <laughs> think they're portals. I so love I don't know that if... game. <laughs> I love the song from that game. Mormon used <laughs> yes. to play that game all the time, but I just like the song. I, I never played it. Play the game and the song all the time. Actually, I, I should probably it. replay it here soon. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if when they say emerge from orange circular doorways, they're talking about the portals that they saw that I'm going to talk about later on. It's because they went into the blue circular doorways. Gotcha. So they came out on the orange side. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gwen even talked about a kind of poltergeist-like activity. Uh, Things would start to constantly go missing around the farm, such as kitchen utensils and tools. Uh, One time, a 70-pound post digger 
went missing right after Terry had set it down. When he went to use it again, it was gone. He stormed into the house fuming and asked Gwen and the kids which one of them had taken it. And Gwen told him that she and the kids had been in the house for several hours. None of them had taken it. That is kind of funny. They seem like little assholes then. Yes. There's just, there's just so, so much that (laughs) they experience on this farm. So another thing that they experienced one time was three circles of flattened grass, each about eight feet across in a triangular pattern, about 30 feet away from each other. They also found a strange soil impression, which was circles about three feet wide and a foot or two deep with the dirt in the center of it perfectly flattened. That sounds so cool to find. I would like crap myself. I'd just be so excited. Well, I guess like it really, all of this activity that I'm going to talk about really like traumatized them, like and scarred them. I mean, they're experiencing this stuff like really, really regularly. I wonder if uh, Tom DeLong from Blink-182, I wonder if he went and bought the ranch. He did not, because I actually have some information on that, but I, you know, it would not be surprising, but he actually did not. Darn it. That'd be so cool. (laughs) So some other experiences they've had is Terry has heard or had heard unfamiliar male voices speaking in a foreign language while he was out in the fields with his dogs. He says the voices seem to be about 20 feet above him but he couldn't see them. He also Hmm. says the dogs were losing their minds and barking and growling and then took off towards the ranch house. Maybe it was my neighbor on their roof blowing leaves. Maybe, but I, (laughs) they are in the middle of nowhere. I don't think they have a neighbor for like three miles. (laughs) Uh, And once when Gwen was on her way home from work, she says that there was like a triangular shape of flying lights that followed her all the way home. That'd be cool. Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily think that something is following me home. I would probably automatically assume it's an airplane, even if it was the shape of a triangle. But well, I mean, B2 bombers, they're the shape of triangles. Exactly. So now you kind of need to brace yourself because this is kind of gross, kind of sad, kind of heartbreaking. Is this where they get traumatized? Uh, This is where I got traumatized. But I (laughs) I mean, I'm sure this is part of what traumatized them because this is where we get into the cows. So, Um, yeah, yes. Uh, And I wanted to mention that in hunt for the skinwalker uh this is just a side fact it really has nothing to do with the skinwalker ranch necessarily but the book that i was listening to mentions the san luis valley which is where i live in colorado (laughs) nobody nobody knows about it i mean (laughs) But they mentioned it while I was sitting there listening to it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's that's where I am. So <laughs> oh I had to put it in here. So this is what they say about the San Luis Valley. Um, they mentioned the valley, as we call it here, in conjunction with cattle mutilation. 
and stated that the San Luis Valley had the first ever widely circulated story of it. Though it wasn't a cow, it was actually a horse. Um, Yeah. For those of you not from here, uh, the San Luis Valley is known for its crazy UFO activity. We have an actual alien, like, lookout out here, like a tower that you can go look out for them. Now, why didn't you take me there when I visited? Uh, Because I actually didn't know about it until I drove (laughs) by it like last year, the year before. Um, Or no, it was, I had to be last year. But yeah, so I guess like the Valley is known for UFO stuff. And also during my research, I read this and it's a direct quote from an article. It says, the secretive behavior concerns other UFO researchers, including Ryan Layton of Utah and Chris O'Brien of Crestone, Colorado. Crestone is in the valley and Crestone is known for crazy stuff. So both visited the ranch in July before Bigelow became involved. And we'll talk about Bigelow a lot later. (laughs) Bigelow, male gigolo. Uh, Yeah, no, (laughs) not at all. So there's a quote from this Chris O'Brien of Crestone, and he says, it's the most impressive case I've ever personally investigated, um, said O'Brien, author of The Mysterious Valley, about UFOs in Colorado's San Luis Valley. Uh, it should be public knowledge, and the public should be allowed some sort of involvement in any investigation. So I just threw that in there because I thought it was cool, and because <laughs> it's where I live. So... <laughs> anyway yep after rep this san luis valley so anyway uh when i talk about cows and ufos i'm sure the typical image of a spacecraft hovering above a field with a cow below it and a bright (laughs) beam of light starting to essentially suck the cow upward into the spacecraft comes to mind i want to know where that came from Um, why is that the image that we all think of I don't know, but I mean, maybe this. I, maybe. It, they don't see a cow being sucked up, but some weird shit happens to a cow. <laughs> a few cows. So uh, the Shermans have linked their sightings of UFOs to the disappearance of seven of their cows. Four cows disappeared without a trace, but three others were found dead. Dead and partially mutilated. There was one cow, and I quote, that had a peculiar hole in the center of its left eyeball, but otherwise was untouched with no trace of blood. When Hmm. they found the cow, there was no evidence of predators, footprints, or tire tracks, but there was a strange chemical-like odor. Hmm. That's kind of sketchy. Another dead cow was found with the same hole in its left eye, and prepare yourself it also had a six inch hole uh, about an inch deep so like six inch wide Mm -hmm. and about an inch deep carved out of its rectum the same chemical smell was present that's fascinating so how big is the hole in the eye I don't know. It didn't say. It just said. Could it be like an injection site? Did they test it? No, I think it was bigger than Mm. a needle would be. Mm. Like it was a visible like hole. Okay. Could it be? No. 
Maybe a straw. Maybe they were sucking out the brains or something. (laughs) For some reason, I get an image of like a punch biopsy. Like, I don't know how deep the hole went. Or I don't know if it went to the brain. But I don't know. I just imagine like a punch biopsy. Like they needed something from the eye. But I don't know why it had to specifically be the left eye. Also, why is it always the butt? I don't know. But yes, it is always the butt. Okay, go on. Okay. So after um so after that, then a few cows just disappeared. Terry said that one cow seemed to literally be lifted from where it stood. There were hoof prints that Maybe led that's it. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he got lifted. That okay, that makes sense. Yeah. There were hoof prints that led into the field but the print stopped at the end near some trees. And then that's where the cow apparently took its last steps. It was surrounded by a circle of broken twigs and branches. And then when Terry looked up, he noticed that some of the trees appeared to have been cut off. Mm. So like the branches, when he looked up above him, the, the branches were like broken and cut off. So yeah, you're right. It was, they were beamed up. He didn't technically see it, but that's the image that he had in his head and he told someone and then it just went everywhere. That, I mean, it must be because I I couldn't imagine where else that would have come from. (laughs) Uh, The only other time you ever really see cows in the air are with uh, Twister, the the movie, you know? Yep. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) So a quote from Terry says, If it's snow, it's hard for a 1,200 or 1,400 pound animal to just walk off without leaving tracks or to stop and walk backwards completely and not miss their tracks. It was just gone. It was very bizarre. That would be. Yep. Another cow was found dead and it was completely missing an ear. And next to it was like, and I mean, it wasn't not just missing an ear. It was, they said, they mentioned this a lot that all these cuts and stuff into the cows were very like precise surgical. So his ear was removed or her Mm -hmm. ear was removed. And next to it, there was a pool of some kind of liquid that was evaporating like unnaturally fast. And Terry put his fingers in it. And he said that it had the consistency of ooze and smelled strange like ozone or chemicals. That is not my first instinct. No, I would not touch something. <laughs> I don't know. It could be I mean, caustic and burning. Yeah, you know? it's like acid. You're going to lose your fingers instantly. Exactly. That's what I thought, too, when I was listening to that. I was like, no, I would not have touched it. Nope. <laughs> nope. So... In April 1995, Terry stepped out of the house to check on a cow that was calving in the field south of the house when he saw lights in the field. He assumed that they were neighbors riding four-wheelers. He said it looked like the lights were right above where the cows were mutilated. He says he realized it was probably 40 to 50 feet tall, and that was really the first time he said he didn't think it was an RV or an ATV. Okay. A quote from Terry Sherman says, we've seen the UFOs enough and we know pretty much what the craft look like. And I think it's definitely associated with the cattle mutilations. 
When we see the crafts and then the cattle, we have problems. He goes on to say, you talk to a lot of people around here that at one time or another have seen something they can't explain. There's been a lot of cattle mutilations and a lot of them weren't reported. Several ranchers told me that 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 when they had a mutilation, they called the authorities and the authorities couldn't do anything. So it was just a waste of time and effort. That's understandable. I mean, on, as authorities, what are you going to do? Well, I know if you can't catch them. And on that note, all cattle mutilations across the entire United States, like every single cattle mutilation that has ever happened, no one has ever been caught for it no one not a single person has been arrested for mutilating cattle i mean how would they though i know exactly i mean (laughs) but you would think kind of though like you can prove that somebody murdered somebody else well yeah but you'd have to have some sort of evidence and like forensic evidence that's gonna be really hard to get i mean and I'm going to take samples of every little piece of blood and hair. I mean, it's a cow. It's got a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and I typically think it's outside and cows. They probably don't think about cows as being as valuable as a human life. Yeah. Too, Even so though they do cost a lot of money. Yeah, they do. And they're a living thing and they don't deserve to be mutilated in any way by anyone. No, definitely not. But yeah, I'm sure they just don't want to invest that money or the time to figure it out so anyway um there is another quote from terry sherman from june 30th 1996 that states for a long time we were wondering what we were seeing if it was something to do with a top secret project i don't know really what to think so they're maybe thinking that they're a part of some government experiment or Mm you know something weird so i just got a very weird image in my head okay what if it's not aliens what if it's some weird animal like i don't know a mountain lion or a goat or something that we just kind of ignore as like a normal animal and then they're just like up walking around stabbing cows in the eyes and playing with their butts (laughs) That would be, I think, more freakier than aliens doing it. I don't know why I got that image, but, you know. Not everything the Shermans saw, though, were related to UFOs. Apparently, they claimed to see portals, like we had mentioned before, um, where they said they witnessed horrible creatures coming out of them and orbs of light that followed them. Interesting. Where did these creatures go? I don't know. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from? Cotton Eye Joe. I have no idea. I didn't get that far. <laughs> this was in the book, so mm-hmm. I didn't get that far. Um, Wait, is that how we got Champ? Did Champ come out of a portal? I mean, logically, yes. That is exactly <laughs> how we got him. That's how we get all our cryptids. They came out of these portals. Champ isn't horrible, though. He seems very sweet and wants (laughs) to mind his own business. (laughs) Maybe he has like 30 
elongated hairy nipples that you can't see because he's always in the water that would be and horrible make, i was gonna say does that make him horrible <laughs> i mean that would I, be scary looking it would be but not his fault if he was born that way. well they didn't say specifically that it was like horrible tempered i guess that's true it could yeah. just be horribly disfigured or... he could have ridiculously long toenails that he doesn't want to cut or nose hairs Ugh. well no we would see that because he pokes oh, yeah, out head occasionally yeah okay so scratch that <laughs> yeah all right okay. according back to them <laughs> yes let's go back to the shermans here um according to history.com the shermans also claimed to see mysteriously large animals one being a wolf three times the size of a normal wolf that terry shot at at close range multiple times with a rifle to seemingly no effect the beeman monster ah uh, so all these cryptids did come from a portal <laughs> yep yep i've see, seen that one so i know see the but this is where i was thinking it was a skinwalker <laughs> but um and that's what i wrote i was like this is why i went into so much detail about skinwalkers previously because it seems to me and a lot of other people that what the shermans were encountering were skinwalkers i mean logically with the area and the name and everything but i'm gonna go with cryptids that's what's coming out of the holes <laughs> well all right cryptids. <laughs> we have portals in this basin that just release cryptids yep so according to a ranker article the family also says they saw a beast that looks similar to a hyena and then they put, and I quoted it, on steroids. They saw the creature accosting one of their horses before it disappeared, leaving behind only claw marks on the horse's legs. Hmm. I've heard of people describe the chupacabra as a hyena-like creature. So we just have all the claws. cryptids <laughs> in this basin in Utah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I love when we figure things out. I know. Why why are we not running everything? We know. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh to back these claims up, the writer of the audiobook I had mentioned previously, uh Dr. Uh Kelleher. I don't know why I'm having a hard time pronouncing it now. Kelleher. But... <laughs> yeah, it's K-E-L-L-E-H-E-R. Kelleher. But anyways, sure. Dr. Kelleher. Uh, who was a biochemist working with Bigelow's National Institute for Discovery Science, which, like I said, we'll talk about Bigelow and his National Institute a little bit later. But he claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree while he was at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, in his book, he detailed the experience, stating that the creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perch 20 feet off the ground. Mothman. It's all of them, okay? It's just crazy. We have everything. <laughs> but that's why I love the story so much. There is everything in this story. Good. So it is pretty fun. It is. I love it. There's a quote. <laughs> And it says, the large creature lay motionless, almost casually, in the tree, 
said Kelleher. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. Yeah, I'm sticking with Mothman. (laughs) All right. All right. So according to the article, Kelleher then fired at the creature with a rifle, because why not? And it disappeared. Kelleher goes on to say, it was then that I saw it, a single obvious oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply into the patch of snow. It looked unusual, a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge. And from the depth of the print from a very heavy creature. It's Big Bird. <laughs> I don't think Big Bird have has talons though. Oh, we just we get that fluffy happy version on TV. He oh. totally he totally <laughs> has talons. <laughs> In 1966, the Shermans could no longer tolerate all the paranormal and UFO activity going on, so they sold the ranch to Robert Bigelow, who is a Nevada businessman known for founding Bigelow Aerospace. In 1995, he had also founded something called the National Institute for Discovery Science, which if you don't remember, I had mentioned previously, like literally five seconds ago. (laughs) This is where the biochemist Colm A. Kelleher worked. The National Institute for Discovery Science was an organization built to research paranormal phenomena. After reading an article about the ranch in the paper, he quickly bought it and set up his institute there. That's dope. I mean, if I had a bajillion dollars to invest in something, that sounds right. I mean, with all of that activity, hell Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, In Hunt for the Skinwalker, the book, it says that Bigelow deactivated the National Institute for Discovery Science in 2004 after years of failing to capture the supposed UFO activity. But according to a Wired.com article published in 2018, it had just come out that Bigelow didn't exactly stop looking. (laughs) Of course not. In a December New York Times article, he revealed that Bigelow Aerospace had conducted a study on UFOs. And get this, it was for the Pentagon. (laughs) Uh, Duh. (laughs) Apparently, the program was called the Pentagon's Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. Cool. It officially ended in 2012. But I guess similar work continues today, at least until 2018, when that article was written, um, involving people from both the defunct defense program and Bigelow's dismantled National Institute of Discovery Science. They have become a for-profit company called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which launched in 2017. They research and reverse engineer UFOs, along with doing other things. Apparently, Bigelow has ventures in a lot of private UFO companies and projects. He helped initiate the UFO Research Coalition. Dang. He's invested. Yes, he gets in there. (laughs) Yes, he is invested. So, 
uh, I found on the Wikipedia page for Skinwalker Ranch that in 1966, skeptic James Randi, who is a Canadian-American stage magician and scientific skeptic who extensively challenged paranormal and pseudoscientific claims and co-founder of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, awarded Bigelow a pig asses award for funding the purchase of the ranch and for supporting John E. Max and Bud Hopkins investigations. A what award? Oh, I will explain this award to you. It sounds like you said pig ass. Yes, that is exactly (laughs) what it's supposed to sound like. Oh my god. That sounds awful. It is. The award category designated Bigelow as, quote, the funding organization that supported the most useless study of a supernatural, paranormal, or occult. If you're wondering what a pig asses award is, you weren't alone. It is an annual tongue-in-cheek award that was presented by James Randi that seeks to expose parapsychological, paranormal, or psychic frauds that Randi had noted over the previous year. So, ouch, James Randi seems a little bitter. He's passed away now, so I don't want to harp on him too bad. Uh, But I could completely see wanting to expose people like, you know, those psychics who rip off grieving families, you know, and things like that. But poor Mr. Bigelow just seemed really invested in proving that there are UFOs. He paid people to investigate. Yeah, I don't really (laughs) hurt anybody. It wasn't like he was stealing money from people in need. He was searching. Yeah, and he was paying for it. Like, he wasn't ripping anybody off to do anything. You know, I don't I think that that's a little bit harsh to say that, you know, in, in they say he, that James Randi exposed people like frauds and stuff. How is he a fraud for looking? Yeah. It's not, not really like a fraud. He wasn't screaming. I found aliens. This is exactly. an alien ship right here. Exactly. His whole also, thing got shut down because he didn't find anything. Why would he call it a pig ass award? I don't know. It's spelled P-I-G-A-S-U-S. So when you say it's supposed to sound like pig ass, pig asses is what it's supposed to sound like. Another thing about butts. I know. There are lots of butts in the story. (laughs) But yeah, so James Randi passed away. I can't remember if it was early 2021. No, I think it was in 2020 he passed away. So I don't want to harp on him too bad because... I am definitely a skeptic in a lot of areas and I do like scientific proof, but I think just, I mean, and I don't know what other people he gave that pig ass award to, but I just think to Robert Bigelow, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I think there's much better people to give it to. Yes, like, exactly. Like that one uh, preacher guy the televangelist guy oh my god i remember his name but i don't remember his name either but yes he's bad yeah (laughs) yes okay so we're kind of getting to the end of this but let's talk about what's going on with the ranch now so in 2016 bigelow sold skinwalker ranch for 4.5 million dollars to Adam 
<laughs> I know. I know. You wish it was. I wish it was, but it wasn't. I'm, I'm just so proud of him for being so invested in it also. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so he sold it to Adamantium Holdings, which is a shell corporation of unknown origin. And a cool side note, because I saw somebody comment. Well, it wasn't a comment. It was one of the journalists. They wrote, what a nerd, by the way, <laughs> when they brought up uh, adamantium. So I looked up what adamantium means. And it's a virtually indestructible steel alloy named after the fabled metal adamantin of Greek mythology. It's not a real metal, but adamantine spar is a real material, I guess. So I just, I don't know. For anybody who really cared to know, I did. It piqued my curiosity when he called <laughs> him a nerd. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the purchase, all roads leading to the ranch had been blocked off. Uh, the perimeter is secured uh, by guarded. Um, yeah, by guarded. Oh, my God, I cannot speak English. So the perimeter is secured and guarded by cameras and barbed wire. And surrounded by signs that aim to prevent people from approaching the ranch. Sounds like the the government bought it. Nope, but we're going to get there. (laughs) It is definitely like there are cameras everywhere on this. And in the book that I read, so I don't understand because the book that I read, they changed the name of Terry and Gwen. So they gave them fake names for their privacy, but their names are literally like in every other place they've done interviews and other things. So I didn't feel the need to, you know, change their names or whatever. Put themselves out there. Yes. But they uh, said in at the beginning of the book that, you know, they didn't want to tell you what the precise location of the ranch was because, you know, the people who have been living there and other people that are involved with the ranch don't want people just waltzing on over there which I totally get but um I kind of forgot where I was going with my point but (laughs) it's protected I think that's where I was going with that it's very protected so I found an article published in May 25th of 2021 that now an elusive businessman named Brandon Fugel owns Skinwalker Ranch. And I don't really know how elusive he is, as you'll see when we move on a little bit. Um, he said he first heard about the ranch in a Barnes & Noble in 2006. <laughs> okay. He saw the Dr. Com, uh Kelleher and George Knapp's book on the shelf, the one that I was listening to. He bought the book, he read it, and he found it to be very interesting. He says after that, he didn't really think much more about the ranch until 2015 when two science advisors that worked for Bigelow approached him. Fugel said he had developed a relationship with the two science advisors during, quote, another effort that I had been involved with a decade ago. And he doesn't say what that is. And also, you know, it doesn't say why these two science advisors approached him in the first place. Like, what's his connection to any of this? So it doesn't say what he does business-wise. So I'm not sure if he's just in that circle. Once you get to the point of billionaire, it's just kind of like, 
Yeah, everybody I'm just knows existing. everybody. <laughs> oh, you will see just how much he's existing in just a minute. <laughs> um, so he goes on to say that the advisors asked him, quote, whether I would be willing to entertain a potential joint venture or acquisition of the property for the purpose of advancing the research beyond what Mr. Bigelow had done for 20 years. I disclosed to them that I was approaching the topic as a healthy skeptic and that I had never seen a UFO, ghost, or anything of the sort, and that I believe that there was most likely a natural prosaic explanation for what had been reported in the book and on the property. They were amused and shared with me the reality of what their investigation revealed. They also disclosed that the ranch had been part of a five-year Pentagon black budget program studying the UFO phenomenon in that. Although the results of that investigation remain classified and confidential, how do I say this? The phenomenon is real. Interesting. Um, government told you. <laughs> the government's always involved. Yes, they always are. The article goes on to say that Fugel says he is no longer skeptical that something mysterious is happening at the ranch. He states that he is not a believer. He is, quote, an experiencer. Ooh. I really liked that quote. <laughs> I was like, wow, it, you're it so a good cool. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says he saw a 40 to 50 foot long silver grayish disc-like object that performed maneuvers that were stunning and defied conventional explanation. He also said it was in broad daylight and that there were several other witnesses. In the same day, he says he experienced their smartphones being completely drained of battery and other electromagnetic anomalies. They even experienced acute medical episodes. There wasn't any detail about what exactly the medical episode was. But he also talks about the phenomenon called hitchhiker phenomenon. And apparently those who investigate Skinwalker Ranch have this phenomenon that follows them home. Hence the name. So shit happens to them when they go home. And even to their spouses. I just started thinking of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I knew you would. (laughs) I felt it in my soul. They just put their thumbs out. (laughs) (laughs) Had their towels. They're all good. There have been a ton of pop cultural references to Skinwalker Ranch. And there is even a TV show called Skinwalker Ranch, which is based loosely off the folklore surrounding it. It's obviously been mentioned on Ancient Aliens. (laughs) I put lols. Oh my god, that show. (laughs) Insanity. Um, There's also a TV show called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch on the History Channel that features, quote, a team of scientists and experts that use science and technology such as lasers, ground penetrating radar, and drone thermography as they search thermography thermography something like that <laughs> as they as they search the property attempting to explain claims of ufo sightings animal mutilations and paranormal events okay but it sounds like they're focused on the ground yes they come from above right well they do have the drone thermography 
Yeah, that hangs up there and looks down. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> See, they're all focused on the ground. They're looking the wrong way. They need to look upward. Yeah, they need to become experiencers, not believers. <laughs> yes. I seriously, I love that quote. <laughs> so the very last thing that I want to say, and this just goes into what you were saying about billionaires and billionaires just being billionaires um so post malone visited the skinwalker ranch in february 2021 because why not yeah why not he spent the day with the owner brandon fugel who we talked about and i guess fugel and post malone are friends now because post malone is a paranormal enthusiast who reached out to him about touring the ranch and since then they've become friends I mean, that's bomb. I'm so proud of them. I am a paranormal <laughs> enthusiast. Do you think I could contact him and also get a tour? If you're going, I'm going. Because that sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but I don't have millions of dollars and, you know, people aren't looking at me and taking pictures all the time and giving that's me attention. true. And we don't have face tattoos. No, I will never. I that will just never, sounds awful. actually no oh yeah you do technically have one (laughs) i always forget about that you do technically have one i do if you can find it (laughs) it's very tiny it is very tiny (laughs) you should get it retouched and like add a different shape to it i'll make it a star yes that would be you (laughs) everyone will be like Jesus Christ, my dad would smack the shit out of me. Probably. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't have to be a very big star, just a little tiny star. Oh, no. If I'm going for it, I'm going for it. Oh, no. Half my face. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, that was Skinwalker Ranch and the best story ever that includes literally everything you could ever want in you know paranormal cryptid and urban legends and ufos yeah it has a lot of everything it is especially you know the cryptids coming out of portals i seriously think that's the best theory that we have (laughs) ever come up with it is it is the portal to cryptids that is where they all originate from is this you went to basin in utah yep yep and then you know the aliens come and transport them to where they're actually going to be stationed yep, yep. they're like uh, beam me up scotty drop me <laughs> off in loch ness thank you <laughs> uh so what do you think do you believe it all or some of it or none of it i want to believe in this so bad because it just sounds so amazing like and there's all this these people who obviously do believe in it but i have i seen any evidence of it no not really but i would love to go and find some for myself so i'm going to believe in it in all of your research did you find any like pictures of the weird circles and imprints and broken branches and no i did not but I did look up, which is horrible, and I knew it was going to horrify me, but I typed in cow mutilation 
and looked for images of it because I did listen to a podcast on it um, recently where they said that they saw the pictures of cow mutilation. Let me tell you, do not Google that image, by the way, because it is absolutely devastating. And but the all the like information on it was from Oregon. I guess Oregon is was having a rash of cow mutilations or something was going on up in Oregon because all of them <laughs> said it was from Oregon, not Skinwalker Ranch. So I don't think I don't know if that podcast realized that those pictures were from Oregon or maybe they just found a link or a reference to an actual picture but I could not find any it does seem a little weird I mean if it was what year was that for what when those people lived there 1994 to 1996 so I mean taking a picture it would have been film or yeah, would have been film because I don't think they had anything digital portable back mm-hmm. then. And, you know, that's more difficult. Yeah. Some people didn't even have cameras. And I no. bet really when you're looking at your mutilated rectum accosted <laughs> cow, you're not exactly thinking, I need to take a picture of this. I mean, I would because I'd be like, who the fuck is going to believe me if I don't take a picture of this right now? Actually, you know what? True. I think I would think that too. But I don't know if maybe they were in a different mindset. Like, I mean, it is the 90s and cameras were a lot more like readily available. I mean, they had disposable cameras even. Yeah. You could get those anywhere. Yeah. So, So, I mean... I don't know, but I do know that they were saying that because of everything that happened, that's why the Shermans only lived there for basically two years and they got the fuck out of there. And I am, I want to believe that they wouldn't lie about, you know, being traumatized essentially by living there, but, but it's always possible. It is because, I mean, they could have just naturally lost cattle and started noticing a huge enough profit uh, yes loss that they're like okay we need to do something else and then they leave and they say oh it was the aliens (laughs) i mean could have i they were talking about how they were getting really like pissed off and worried about their livelihood because cattle is expensive and Mm -hmm. That was what they were doing for a living. Yeah. So that's a possibility, but hopefully they want it. Really in depth and all over the place. Yeah. Like, it's just really missing tools, random holes in the ground. (laughs) If they're lying, they really wanted to go all out and incorporate literally every different paranormal thing that they could think of. Yeah. They're like, how many ways can we incorporate them into our lives that people will actually think they were really there? Well, you know, like fucking with us while we're working around the ranch. Ooh, taking our cows. 
um, putting holes on the ground. <laughs> yeah, there's literally everything. <laughs> I don't know. I want to believe. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to believe in aliens. I used to lie all the time about aliens. Like I lied to my parents about uh, <laughs> seeing them on the uh, swing set we had in our backyard. I tried so hard to convince an ex-boyfriend that I was an alien. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I used to have alien shit everywhere. Marvin I do remember was my homie. But, I do remember. Yeah. Yeah, because that was right around the time that you showed up in my life. I had the the alien beaded hanger. I had I alien do. I candles. <laughs> Dude, I had that beaded hanger forever. I should have kept it. Should have kept it even now. Could hang it up in the future uh, studio and it would be nice and beautiful. It would. It was very nice. You also had neon green walls. And blue. They were green and blue. blue. Yep. I I do remember the blue too, but the green just, it was (laughs) very neon. Oh, but I did want to mention that while I was researching this out of nowhere Jamie told me that he thinks he saw a UFO last night that he he was looking out of his bedroom window and he said what did he say he said he saw a oval shaped uh I don't remember it was oval shaped object with lights in the sky and then kudos to my son because he also must be partially skeptic because he was like it could have been an airplane but (laughs) it looked weird oh he said so hey maybe my son saw a ufo he's the coolest he probably did maybe i didn't exaggerate the aliens on the swing set and i really saw them but then i was in such disbelief that i'm like I made them up. They weren't really there. That happens actually to people. They repress memories. Oh, dude. Talk about <laughs> repressed memories. We've, I've got them. <laughs> I do remember one time I was driving in Colorado Springs and I was driving down Union Boulevard and I swear to you, I thought I saw a UFO. I mean, the Air Force Base is there in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. and Colorado Springs also has a small airport, so it could have been, you know, a few different types of airplanes. But I don't know what convinced me this one night. But I think I was like nineteen or twenty, driving down Union Boulevard <laughs> in the middle of the night, and I just saw this light. Like I don't know, it just seemed weird, different from any other plane light I ever saw. But that's about as close as I think I've ever gotten to seeing a UFO. So I don't know. I don't think I've seen a UFO. I probably haven't either. But (laughs) it's fun to believe. Well, I don't even think I've had a weird encounter like that. Nothing that pops out, at least. If you do Um, ever meet my conspiracy theorist friend, oh, you actually have met her at my wedding, but (laughs) if you do ever see Katie every five seconds when you are with her in the dark, she will point out the window and grab you and shake you and be like, what is that? 
And then she'll be like, oh, it's an airplane. <laughs> what is that? Is that a UFO? Hmm. Oh, it's an airplane. <laughs> she is really, really, really into this kind of stuff. You would not want to live right here then because we have an airport very close to our house. And I constantly see airplanes up there and I'm like oh God. that's her house too she's like I don't know if she's in like the flight path of the airport but every time we're over there there are planes back and forth over her house going to the Colorado Springs airport so yeah we a get a lot that turn around above our house they turn around well you know like sometimes you gotta pass the airport and turn around oh, like and come circling back. yeah okay gotcha yeah. Or at least well, we do during the day. I don't know at night because I don't stay outside very often at night. <laughs> it's so peaceful and pretty, though. Not when you live in a city. I guess that's true. Okay, so what do you all think? Has anyone been to Skinwalker Ranch? Could you please fill us in on the deets if you have? Yeah, Post Malone, hit us up. Please. <laughs> You can reach us at This Is Legend Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Visit our website at thisislegendpod.com and drop us a line at thisislegendpod at gmail.com. Alrighty then, folks. Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. See ya! Peace.